Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, good people. Today's show is in celebration of Women's History Month. It's entitled, Hey... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, my God. The Mac is back. What up, people? It's your boy, A. Forbes, one of the original two black guys with good credit. And I'm back like J-Lo in Vegas, only for one night. And I'm filling in for Derek the Credit King while he's away. His loss, my gain. You know how we do it. The band is back together. Dion, the lady with the facts, I've missed you. <laughs> yes, Sean, I, I missed you too, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so enough about me, man. This week we are sitting in with Alicia Holmes, a self-made millionaire who is on a journey to wealth, and she is here to change your mindset. Can I just tell them the title of the show, Arlington? I worked hard this week creating the title of this show. Can I at least give them the title of the show before you get all anxious and excited? You didn't even let me do that. You know, clearly do things that? have changed around here. Clearly things have changed. <laughs> Go right ahead. The title of <laughs> this week's show is, Hey, ladies, get your net worth up and dance. Come on. You get, you get the, jing, the, 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 the jingle for where that's from? You get that? You know, if I wasn't like 50, I don't think I would have gotten that. But, you know, hey, what can I tell you? If that's what you want to go with, Grandpa, hey, go right ahead. Cool in the gang, my brother. Get your net worth up. Yeah. Cool in the gang. Man, come on, man. Drake, there's uh, Future, there's Chance the Rapper. You, you went with Cool in the Gang? Cool Really? In the okay, gang. don't even explain it. Don't even explain it. Don't bother. What I need you to explain is why Big Sean was it important to bring Alicia Holmes to the attention of the TBG family. Just tell me that. Well, first of all, it is glad to have you back, even if it's only for one dance in Vegas, my brother. Why are we... One show, get your tickets, people! Why are we telling ladies to get your net worth up and dance? Come on! Because I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> I read a book that inspired me when I was young, it was titled, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? And it was about investing in, in, in a, and I think a similar thing holds true today. We should have, why should men have all the fun? It's time for the ladies who I believe are the smartest people on the planet to get on the investment dance floor and dance. 
Come on. And Alicia is taking us on the dance floor, Arlington. That's right. All right. All right. All right. You you read a bit of you read some literature about a white guy back in your power to the people days. I feel you. And people, the maestro has spoken. He has given us his reason. So sit back and pot up because we're taking you on a journey to wealth. And women, as Sean says, it's time to get on up and dance. And we'll be back. Two black guys with good credit. I'm back, baby. <laughs> Come on. Matt, take us away. This sponsorship break is brought to you by Clean. Clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com. We're back. Two Black Guys with Good Credit is a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. And like we do... Every show right about this time, Dion, the lady with the facts, can you please give us the history on women and finance? The whole thing, please. Wow, I missed that, that Dion Arlington. I love it. It's good to have you back. Thank you, Dion. <laughs> well, I mean, if I take us back 100 years ago, uh, women's access to money and power was, let's call it, negligible, not just a hundred years ago. So that's why we're already, uh, you know, behind the eight ball to a certain extent. Job opportunities were right. limited to women's right. work. Um, the conditions were appalling. Um, a lot of women stopped working actually. Um, cause some could actually lose their citizenship once they got married. Oh, wow. Um, there was a, yeah, there was a major shift in the workforce, uh, that occurred, you know, after, uh, the civil war, um, African-American believe it or not, women were really the first to really, uh, start working, um, and getting into the labor force during that time. Right. Isn't that interesting? Um, well, technically they had been in the labor force, yes, just not yes, in the labor not force. Paid, paid labor force. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. but yes. my granny was always <laughs> working. Exactly. My granny and great granny and great granny was always they working, were working, always working. <laughs> but now they need to, you know, earn a... be careful what you say, because I'm a proud feminist. All right. <laughs> careful what you say. <laughs> um, but other, you know, immigrants joined that, the workforce as well, particularly service related jobs. Um, soon the middle class, you know, white women also started working as well. Um, however, the mm-hmm. same, you know, racial issues that are happening in general with regards to employment were even happening with amongst women, right? Um, employers were hiring mm-hmm. white women usually at, for higher positions, um, than people of color. Um, and then at one point we actually did get the, the right to vote in the 1920s. Um, but fast forward, the... Uh, as you know, wealth gap for women is still very bleak with all of these advancements in history. Wow. Well, fast forward to 2019 when the lovely Miss Alicia Holmes has decided to come on our show. So thank you for coming on our show. I'm glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to make it your mission to, to, to level the playing field, which has obviously been not that level over the last hundred years and more? Well, for so many reasons, just a little bit about myself. I've been just so fortunate. I happened to have someone take me under their wing when I was just a mere 20 years old and give me a whole new perspective about money 
and power. All that knowledge in one year? Yeah. You learned all that knowledge in I one actually, year? Actually, the foundation <laughs> of it, like the expansiveness, it really did happen in one year. And I'm 20 years old at the time, too. But, you know, it's... Babe in the woods. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, it started, I was at a party. I was a business student, undergrad. Um, and, and it was the Black and Latino Law Student Association and a lot of grads. Um, and I was with my business student friends and, you know, we talked about being rich a lot. And so someone who had pulled me on the dance floor kind of whispered in my ear, do you want to be rich? I can make you rich. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you guys talk about Yo, in business school on the dance floor? <laughs> Fortunately, that was not the line. <laughs> the line was actually, do you want to be rich or do you want to be wealthy? Oh, wow. That's deep. And so... Yeah. And what he said to me actually and going forward was life changing. So I'm like, what's the difference? And the difference is right. stayed with me forever. He said, if you're rich, you'll have money. But if you're wealthy, right. you'll have time. Yes. <clears throat> and so that started what turned out to be quite a few lessons on a way of thinking and looking at money from a wealth perspective. So. Right very beginning. If you want to accomplish anything, you have to be able to define it, be clear about it, what it is, be able to measure it, track it, all those kinds of things. And so gotcha. what is wealth? And so I was taught uh, about the concept of net worth. And that is when you take everything you own, all of your assets, you subtract everything you owe, and that bottom line is your net worth. So I was trained from the very beginning, don't focus or, uh, on your income or revenue because it's temporary. It could end at any time. And actually, you could have a high income, high revenue from a business and still be financially very fragile. But if you want financial... For sure. Yeah. If you want, You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want financial well-being, if you want to thrive, if you want financial independence, make your guidepost <clears throat> net worth. And so I hit the ground running. That's the conversation I've been in. That's what I've been watching. That's what my focus was. First paycheck out of college, investing. And, you know, by the time I was in my early 30s, again, self-made millionaire, by the time I was my, in my early 40s, I no longer had to work. I was fi I'm financially wow. independent. That means my money worked for me. I get to wake up every morning and do what I love. And my assets and my investments are creating the kind of cash flow and the kind of wealth that I have a great deal of independence. And I want to say it's so important. I did this while working um, for nonprofits. Because I became very political in my college years, and I worked for uh, a black nonprofit, and I had decided that my life was going to be a life of working in service, and so I made very, mm -hmm. very little money. I made a third of what many of my friends made. So my question to you is, because you explained the net income versus the net worth, so I got that part. Mm -hmm. What is the net worth mindset? So the net worth mindset, when you start paying attention to net worth, you start paying mm -hmm. attention to assets. You start purchasing assets instead of purchasing things. Your lifestyle looks different. 
the focus is... What's an example of those assets? Yeah, yeah. So what are we talking about? I'm foregoing the Gucci sneakers. I'm foregoing the Gucci sneakers for a condo. Uh, oh, I, I love this question. I love this question. I'm so, giving up the Tesla for uh, <laughs> yes. uh, some bonds, some stocks and bonds. What are we talking about here? Yes. Well, you're when you're so your priorities start to look like what? Where are the opportunities? How can I purchase assets? So, like something as simple as your 401k. When you're in the net worth game and you're looking and tracking that, you're looking at how your 401k is performing. I have found, like, I don't care what room I am in, mostly I work with black women, and I'm saying, do you know what the return is on your um, on your 401k? And most women can't tell me. And what we don't understand is we're leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table by just not knowing that one simple thing. So the area... But can I ask you a quick question? <laughs> Are most black women that you're encountering involved in the 401k program? Um, I have to say a majority of them, if not now, have been at some point in their lives. Right, kind of in and out. In right? and out. This job had it, that job doesn't have Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I can't tell you how many people right. have cashed out on their 401ks. It's such a huge opportunity. At like 30. Yeah. But you weren't using your, you weren't using your 401k as your daily as your daily or monthly cash flow. What was what was kind of what assets did you purchase that kind of added to your cash flow that allowed you to be independent and not have to really work and just do the things you love? So real estate has just been the gift that keeps giving. So that was my cash flow, but I also invested in the stock market in the very very right. beginning. You know, even when I had very little money, I was buying in the 90s. I was taking $200 a month. I'm buying Apple I'm buying Amazon, like I'm buying... In the 90s? In the 90s. Okay, what did... I have to ask. Mm -hmm. What did you pay for your first shares of Apple and Amazon? You know, I'm going to go back so I can answer that accurately. My recollection around Amazon is real clear, somewhere around $38. Jeez. Um, Jeez. You still still own own the stock? Do you take out dividends or something like that? Do you pay yourself out? How do you... you how does a person then use the stock that you purchased to create, once again, to create that cash flow? I think that's everybody's mystery. Like, we've all been taught. Like, the hey, stock's gone up, what, what? damn near yeah. so, 800, yeah. 600% so since she bought on. it. Hold on. You just got back on the show. Don't try and take <laughs> the question. I'm just saying. You're getting me vexed right now. What do you do with the money? I'm like, anything she wants. It went up 600%. Listen, we oh, put you on probation before we can put you back there again. Hold the <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Correction. Right, sorry. Alicia said thousands of percent, just to be clear, okay? Thousands. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So my question is, I apologize. My question is, and I don't, don't want to get too much into like, strategic, make the show about strategic, but a lot of people, and even when the classes I teach, we, you know, we always tell them about investing. And one thing that I like that you have done, you've obviously used your investment to support yourself and your lifestyle. So you're kind of living now, but still saving for the future, Correct. So my question Absolutely. is, like, when you bought Amazon at $38 and now it's worth thousands of dollars, how have you been, like, liquidating that, using that to support your, your, to, to support your cash flow, or have you not? You still or have you? So, so have you, I yeah. am not, you know, and, I, like, this is so important. I'm not in the cash flow game. I'm in the net worth game. I'm in the asset Ooh. building game. I'm in the Ooh, she told you, Sean. and measuring my net worth over time. And the other you know, thing about not being in the cash flow game is I keep my expenses really low. I always have 
because I like to have my money working for me. And I like to really just spend money on the things that I truly value, like travel and those kinds of things. So I'm trying to like, my revolution is to have people not thinking so much about their income and their revenue from their business to like switch it, that all that energy spent thinking about income and revenue be spent thinking about net worth because it's life changing. It's lifestyle changing. It's a mindset shift. What you prioritize and what you look at, you look at so differently. Right. How is your lifestyle before and how is your lifestyle after? Like before you had this conversation, what were you doing and what are you doing now? Um, my life. Wait, before when? How far back are we before going? Before, you know, I'm just saying, like, you're saying about your lifestyle changing. And I, I just, like, with the show, I try to make things very simple for people to understand so they can make that lifestyle change. So right. when you're thinking of, like, net worth, which I agree is, is, is the way you should be thinking, how could we tell our listeners, like, how that, what that switch should be for them today? Okay. What should that switch be? Where so I, the, the switch is to, the big switch for me, and again, it didn't even feel like a switch because I started here. First paycheck, first job was to have an investor mindset instead of a consumer mindset. Boom. And so <laughs> I am. Okay, Dion. So, so, so we all have revenue coming in or income coming in. And the question is right. what are we doing with it? What I was doing with it, and what I would say the shift is, is I was purchasing assets and not things that didn't have much value and that my focus was always on wealth building like okay a different way of just looking at the world thinking about it so have your focus on wealth building and sometimes I say to people just play with because I know it's different focusing on network and almost everyone right. who's done that they literally they're th- they just is different. So they get so excited about investing. So what that looks like is I have like a bunch of women now buying cryptocurrency and have their wallets and now it's sitting in the net worth portion. <clears throat> I have women, you know, evaluating. I, there was a young woman who's like in the three months she worked within the, my wealth immersion program. She said my mm-hmm. 401ks that I had cashed, that I had left the company from a long time ago I made more money in the three months than I've made in the last seven years just by paying attention to fees and returns and things. And so what will happen is people start talk speaking differently. They start focusing on a different thing. They start getting excited. Right. I have so many women now right. with Robinhood accounts, which is you could purchase <laughs> stocks for free, simple little app on their phone, and you know some skills and tools, buying stock. A woman I just met with the other day who is like women who just don't see. We've been socially conditioned not to see ourselves as investors. But you know what? When the market dropped, because I was like, buy when the market's down, stock is on sale. I was so impressed. She went out. She's like, Amazon, get all my money. I'm buying Amazon. Target, get all my money. And she just built this great portfolio. I was like, oh, my God. I was excited for her. That's cool. You know. And so you start to focus on building assets. And and you, it's different because you're not focusing on your income as much. You're focusing on assets and seeing your portfolio grow, your accounts grow. Gotcha. So you're not, you're not, you're not, you don't consider yourself like a day trader then? No, I'm not a day trader. 
That's a very specific. She's focused on net worth, I, long I, dollars, I, I <laughs> the long I, ball game. All right, all right, I get it. I was shocked to see. I, I was shocked to see the net worth of Black and Hispanic women on your website. Mm-hmm. You know, shocking that their net worth is a hundred dollars and one hundred twenty dollars, respectively. You know, what exactly does that mean? And and I even I saw that the medium, the medium wealth for Black and Hispanic women in their prime years is five dollars. Like. Those stats were staggering to me. Um, mm-hmm. Please explain to our listeners what all that means to you. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I have been found, I found, because really I've been doing this my whole life, because once I was trained, is that I've seen people's income grow and grow and grow, and they're just rocking it in their career and life. I've seen people's businesses grow and grow and grow. I was just coaching someone the last couple of days who, it, the last three years, did seven figures in their revenue. But their net worth is not growing. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's just decreasing because that top asset category, how they're spending whatever Mm -hmm. money is coming in is not growing. So what that means is no matter how much our income is growing, no matter how successful our businesses are, we are not producing wealth. We're not buying those assets and producing wealth. So I, I literally, I could have story after story. The person I was just coaching with seven figures business last three years is almost broke. I watch a friend revenue go from 20-something thousand dollars to over $300,000 a month. Very successful. A month? A month. A month. A month. Um, what is he in pharmaceuticals? No, that's no, crazy. No. <laughs> it, it's in the Brooklyn bar and lounge market, but um, and, wow. and not have <clears throat> that's wealth. Amazing. So I am. I right. have conversations so often with so many people in our community who have ge- generated mm-hmm. so much money, revenue, mm-hmm. income, but it mm-hmm. is not translating into wealth. I just wrote an article called "Money Comes," like the money comes, money goes. And my, you know, right. I, can, I hear that so often. And so my article is Money Come, Money Grows. A different philosophy. My money doesn't come and go. My money come and grows. Right. Nice. Right. <clears throat> no, I totally get it. You're like you're saying, um, as people's incomes go up, so do their expenses. You get a little extra, you buy a bigger car. You get a little extra, you buy jewelry, watches, clothing, whatever. So as it's coming in, it's just going out instead of, you know, making a strategic play with it. I I get it. I get it. But I wanted to ask you something. How do you, speaking of women of color in this area, can you explain the double disparity gap, the double disparity that women of color have to face when it comes to the wealth gap? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like all women of every ethnicity, um, uh, at least in um, Western thinking, have been socially conditioned to think that money is really an investing, it's not their game. I think that there's... And so so all women struggle in this area and tend to hand over the responsibility and not pay attention to the responsibility of really understanding, tracking, and being in the investing and wealth game. So that's for all women. Can I cut you off for one second? Because it's so interesting that you say that, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've done shows in the past, and I think a lot of us have lived to see this, 
women tend to be the ones paying the bills in the home. So paying bills is uh, is not the same thing as investing. Yeah, I know, but it's just an interesting. I get it. It's not the same, but it's so interesting because they're handling the money, but yes. they don't handle it in that area. Right, right. So you know, most people yeah. I know bring their paycheck home and give it to their wives. No, no, it's true. It's very, very true. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just sharing with Dion the millionaire next door. One of um, the mm-hmm. points that they made, and like it's been years since I read it, but I love that book. Um, that mm-hmm. the difference between high income households who have a, uh, a high net worth and those who don't is the financial mm-hmm. acumen of the woman in that household. Right. I agree with you. People don't. Yeah, people that would make sense. A, people disrespect a woman's true value in the house. And, you know, as you get as I, you know, as I, you know, I've seen it like the importance of a woman's place in a home in a household to help build that wealth. I think it's very important. I think um, financial literature, financial literacy should be comprehended on both sides of the man and the woman should have equal understanding of investing and especially even if, if, if one spouse is gone or whatever or one passes away and I've seen women and men thrown into a, a position where they didn't know what was going on they don't know how to handle thing and it goes into a, they go into a downward spiral yeah you know? and speaking of and I don't even think, sorry go ahead no, go ahead, Dion. No, I was just going to say, speaking of education, um, I mean, since 2013, there was a, a, a study that was done, and women have surpassed men in terms of education. Um, within, within, you know, 21 more percent of, 21% more women than men, you know, ob- obtaining undergraduate degrees, 48% more women attaining graduate degrees. Um, however, uh, even with us, you know, with women, you know, holding, you know, a majority of the the, um, you know, management positions. Degrees. Um, we still have mm-hmm. the, the wealth gap to uh, um, contend with. And then mm-hmm. we still are quite intimidated. With all the education, mm-hmm. we could be a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to yeah. attempt to understand mm-hmm. how to pick a stock mm-hmm. is still so daunting. Absolutely. I'm telling you, I've coached women from all economics levels, like an extremely successful surgeon who literally is just like not investing, not trusting, not understanding, and just we just this not seeing it as our realm. Mm-hmm. And you know, even our relationship to math in many ways has, I think, is, it has a lot to do with the fact that you know there's so many studies around women and how we're discouraged around yeah. math and our ability. Absolutely. Yeah, this sounds like the engineering problem. Right. It's like the engineering yeah. problem. Absolutely. And I, I would tell you this, you know, the, being the strong feminist that I am, you know. Yes, I, you know, we've heard that. I've never some, known you know, strong, fem, strong feminists don't constantly repeat that. Don't hate, appreciate, don't hate, I've known this man for 40 years and all of a sudden he became the world's strongest feminine, <laughs> feminist and he's repeated it like 18 times. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher has the don't best hate. quote. If you have to, it's, you know, she said, uh, it's like when you look at power, um, mm-hmm. if you have to tell someone that you're a lady, then more than likely you're not. <laughs> right, exactly. Go ahead, Mr. See you Feminist. W- w- when Barack said it, everybody applauded him. A small little humble he like once. me said it now. He said it once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it, but you're not Barack. Anyway, no, people don't... Go ahead, Chama. I would say, say people don't understand, like, the, the, you know, the... 
the differences that women have, the challenges that women have compared to men. And one thing I always felt when I was in the workplace is like maternity leave as far as like full pay maternity leave and them leaving the workforce for three months in and then having to play catch up. You know, it's challenging. And I've seen even like I was just watching something on sports on Brian Gumbel's, which I like real sports, where he interviewed a woman that was, you know, a professional soccer player. And she decided during her pregnancy that she was going to not play the game like Isla Iverson say, practice. You know, what's practice? She was just going to practice so she keeps up with her coworkers. So that when she comes off pregnancy, she's able to contribute and still play at a high level. And mm-hmm. people were appalled by that. People were said she got hate mail because she was just practicing while pregnant. And I think these type of things is what people don't understand, like the challenges that women have as compared to men, even to keep up in the workforce, hence even in the finance world as well. Absolutely. It's called the mommy tax. I just saw someone speak about this at the UN, how, you know, how actually um, having a a child uh, holds back women in their career and their income earnings. And they have great statistics you know around this the mommy tax and the odd thing about this is after women have children they're actually far more productive yes i can speak mm-hmm. for it actually right. i remember mm-hmm. my boss saying that you actually mm-hmm. you're, you're even a better project manager and mm-hmm. just to give you a couple of stats to uh, back up what you're saying they say the average woman spends 15 percent of her working years outside of the workforce so there you mm-hmm. have it already mm-hmm. um caring for children and elderly not mm-hmm. to mention compared to men who lose about 1.6 percent of their time in the market so that's a glaring you know, absolutely um, difference. Absolutely. Um, well, I just wanted to um, ask her to make sure. You know, we didn't at, we didn't at discuss this, and I think it is important. Where did this whole gap come from? It com- like how did we get in this gap? It comes from in the first place. Yeah, it comes from um, the wealth gap. It comes. No, it comes from. Oh well, actually, historically, a lot of white Americans, when you look at the differences, built their wealth um, in real estate, and you know, there's a history of uh, redlining in this country that, and you know, mm-hmm. African Americans being denied access to funding for uh, real estate and housing after the war that was readily given to white Americans. And, you know, there is some right. there is some history to it. But what I will say is that the complete and total focus on consumerism and what we do with our dollars right. um, has to be far more critically assessed and looked at. Okay, Alicia. So I'm trying to wrap my head around this, and I think Dion touched on it a little bit. Women eventually went from not working to coming into the workforce. But it seems like they came in behind the eight ball from the gate. Is that how this wealth gap began and continues to this day? The wealth gap is all about women not investing. It has very little to do with their income. All right. That was was powerful in in one sentence, wasn't it? Like just... Getting back to that whole idea of mindset. Mm. You know, it's, it's funny because Arlington and I had a conversation about this show a couple days ago. And, you know, you know, one of the persons I, people I admire is his mother. You may not talk much. We, we always, I always just talk to him when we talk about our past growing up. And I always bring up, like, when I grew up, you know, we didn't have it like this. And I'd be like, you remember Arlington? He'd always correct me, son, Sean, we, I did not grow up poor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not grow up poor. <laughs> because, and, but, you know, the perception is, you know, single black mom, she had to be struggling, yeah. you know. 
And, I, and even to this day, it's still, I still will be like, he still has to correct me. Sean, once again, I did not grow up poor. Yes, I had a single black mother, but we were not poor. And the difference is, like, his mother, she ran her own business, operated her own business. But mm-hmm. the disconnect is why she'd probably need Alicia Holmes is that mm-hmm. she didn't know how to invest it. So yes. the money didn't really carry on through generations, but it provided them with that, like we said, like you said earlier, that cash flow to live yeah. comfortably, but nothing to really move forward and carry forward. That is a classic hit the nail on the head because if my mom had met someone like you back in 1975, it would have changed her life forever because I was too young, so I didn't know anything about this. But back in the... There was a point in my mother, in my childhood where my mother was worth a million dollars. And that's like... Shout out to Mrs. Floor. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to yeah. And she yeah. would, she would really? say it, but she was a classic representation of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. She got into real estate didn't fully understand understand it, but you know, as as a business person, she's like, I should own property, mm-hmm. and I w- and she would rent them, but she mm-hmm. didn't really leverage them. And mm-hmm. then she worked and made money, but she didn't invest it in anything. Right. And there was no one around. And this, you know, where I'm from, Canada, Sean and Dion as well. Mm-hmm. So there was no one around to say, oh, you should do this or do that or do that. You know, it's like I told Sean when I was growing up, working on Wall Street or being involved in the stock market was Mm -hmm. something I didn't really understand until I moved to New York with a degree Mm -hmm. because no one I know did that. Absolutely. Much less anyone around to guide, help guide a minority woman Mm -hmm. with what to do with these finances. So my mom would talk to her, um, you know, she always would talk to her Jewish counterparts. Mm-hmm. And they would give her a bit of information, but even they were limited. Right. This is the 70s. You know what I mean? This is the 70s in Toronto. These people weren't like, oh, running down as a first generational immigrant to the stock market. So, right. you know, they would be like, oh, Elaine, buy a house. So she bought a house two weeks before the market collapsed. It was, it was crazy. Stuff like wow. that would happen. Well, the, the only thing I can say, you know, Arlington, why, if, you, know, uh, you know, unfortunately your mom didn't invest, but your head ver- barely fits into a baseball cap now. I can't imagine how, <laughs> how big your head would be <laughs> if your mom had the investing correctly. Listen, we have to get, mm-hmm. go past size nine for that head of yours. Listen, if my mom had so, invested correctly, <laughs> we wouldn't be in this podcast. <laughs> we would not be on this podcast. That is facts, <laughs> as my I would say Look at that guy on the yacht over there getting on that G4. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to share with people? <laughs> oh, what do you have to share? Listen, before Check. I go too far down memory lane, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the wealth gap. We're talking about the journey to wealth, and the reality is the wealth gap in, impacts women the hardest, minority women the most. Mm-hmm. And the way we kind of look at it, and we've talked about it, if white women have a cold, it seems minority women have pneumonia. Absolutely. But it Ouch. also seems like Asian women are immune, like they found the immunity virus. So we're going to pick all of this up with <laughs> our guest today, Alicia Holmes, right after these messages. Matt, take us away. We're talking the journey to wealth, and Sean has this weird dance from Cool in the Gang. I, I don't get it. <laughs> We'll, we'll be right back. Two black guys with good credit. Hey, Keep hey, it locked. Hey, 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 can we get it right? <laughs> hey, it's ladies. Get your net worth up and dead. <laughs> Matt, take us away before you start singing the song. This commercial break is brought to you by Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery in Malibu, California. 
At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We are sitting in with Alicia Holmes, The Journey to Wealth. We are talking the wealthy mindset. Alicia, what are some of the major hurdles that you see women have to overcome to adopt the wealthy mindset? Is it fear? Is it uncertainty? Lack of information? What is it? Uh, It's immediate gratification. True, true. It is the ability to just buy any, to spend tomorrow's dollars today to buy things you really can't afford. And it's so easy. And they'll just, the whole short term thinking, short term feeling good. I think. It's a very, it's a big challenge. And um, sadly, I mean, slavery has has built that into our mindset. You know, we have to show what we have, we have to spend what we have, and it's just unfortunate. I've been around so many people. Yeah, but that's all. This is an all women's problem, though. It's not just former slave problem. This is a a, a women right across the board problem. This is even a black men's problem. We're, in the, we're, we're sitting in that wealth gap as well. For Absol- all you brothers absolutely. out there listening, you're in this gap too. So don't think it's like, this is their problem. You're sitting go, in there. What, they go what, back what to the it, 80s. Man? You're part of the Gap Band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> young people out You're there, Google well. that, okay? Get down on it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on and get up on it. But, <laughs> but so that's what you think it is, huh? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, buying, buying things instead of assets and not seeing the cost of that. Not, right. You know, not, really not seeing the cost okay, of that. Okay, so give me a... Mm-hmm. And then just to add on to that, Mm-hmm. Um, 71% of the money women actually have is in cash, which I know is a dirty word for you. <laughs> and any financial right. advisor will tell you mm-hmm. cash not only doesn't earn a return, it actually depreciates mm-hmm. um, over time, right? Thanks to inflation. Right. Uh, the right. stock market, as we know, on the other hand, has returned on average 9.5% in the, for the past 90 years, right? Mm-hmm. Even in the downturn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I know you don't That's even true. like to use the word savings. I, re- I don't your even vocabulary. like to use the word savings. So even when we're not spending all of our money in, on immediate gratification, we're right. saving it. Saving does not build wealth. Actually, you're losing money if you're just saving and you're putting it in like, you know, low interest bearing CDs and savings accounts. Wow. I say it all the time, man. Wow. Saving is for suckers. Mm-hmm. So, but we're inherently condition. less risk takers. And, and so our community is all this It almost time. comes from a yeah. so psychological kind right. of deci- decision to how we invest. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is when women do invest, we're better mm-hmm. investors. Yeah, probably more cautious. Every study shows yes, I, have a, really? I actually have a stat on that. We are better investors. When we do it. When Absolutely. we do it, we actually do it better. better. We make better decisions. We don't jump in and out of everything on every whim. We think things through things more clearly. It's just that we haven't, we don't believe that we should be in the game. You didn't know that. We're out of the you game. You didn't know that, did you, Arlington? Yeah. Hey, man, I think women will make, this sounds like why women will make a better president. Right. Hey, I but agree. The, well, if we're going to jump down to The rest of feminists knew it. The rest of feminists knew that stat already, dog. I see I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> who, who hasn't heard, Sean is a feminist. <laughs> Rasta feminist. Rasta feminist. Right, right. Yes. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think if you go to the Ayabinki house, there might be a little conflict there, but we'll see. 
So at least um, if I can if I can further um, um, uh, sort of substantiate what Alicia's saying, Fidelity yes. did, did a study. Um, they analyzed over eight million clients' accounts and found that women outperformed by 0.4 percent. Even though that sounds wow. like a it's little big. number, it's actually quite big. Mm-hmm. Barclays right. did a sponsored um, uh, study with Warwick Business Schools, to, and that study found even greater gender-based outperformance, 1.2%. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a narrower study of, a, of Finnish investors between 1995 2011. Again, uh, actually evidence that females are superior traders. So when we do it, right. we do it really well. We're just afraid to get in. Absolutely. Mindset. Absolutely. Comes back to it. All we need to do is get in the game. Right. Okay, speaking of getting in the game, let's start talking about your program. Mm-hmm. How does your, what's the starting point of your program? And like, how do you move women in the right direction, get them moving towards this um, net worth, wealthy mindset? How's it get going? How do you help them? Take me through okay. a little bit of it. Okay. So I have like a three-month wealth-building financial independence immersion program. Okay. And so I have to stay. There's a lot of holding space because women have internalized a lot of messages around money. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is women of a certain age have mm-hmm. made so many financial decisions that has caused so much shame. That it, I find that it's really hard to make, sometimes make the adjustments mm-hmm. without doing oh, some wow. serious emotional work around the decisions that they make just so they can move past it. So they're I carrying ha- the negative decisions around. They're mm-hmm. carrying them around. They're carrying those mistake-like luggage. I have a friend. It's so mm-hmm. funny to mention that because, you know, she's in a financial distress right now. And every time I speak to her, she keeps bringing up this investment that she got into that this guy. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I put her in and she lost a lot of money and she hasn't gotten over it. It's like four years ago and I was like, you have to move forward. You have to move past that decision right. that you made in order to clear your mind and move forward and build but she's still 
she's still distraught by it. So I absolutely understand right. everything that you're saying. Here's a question I have. You have to own it, acknowledge it, claim it, and move on. Move forward mm-hmm. and let it go and move on. Mm-hmm. But what else is there, Alicia? Keep okay. taking and, us and through so, the process. And so then I find that young women are like, it's like no one ever taught me about this. I have had so many well-educated young women who parents have done so well for them. One of the first things they always say to me is, I don't want to do what my parents did with, my, with their money. I want to do something different. So they're starting mm-hmm. out really knowing they haven't made the mistake. And mistakes, they don't have all that burden, so they're running with it. So one of the first things I teach women is around being masterful at managing how resources are flowing in and out of your life, being a okay. steward of your money. And mm-hmm. so that piece, there's a huge literacy I component. I get you. I there. get you. At least similar to the way mm-hmm. I play basketball. I, I like they got to master it. You know what I'm saying, Arlington? They got to master it. They got to own it. <laughs> yeah, you can look right. deep into the camera. Yeah, similar to the way I played basketball. <laughs> Did I stutter? She's talking about mastering skills, and you somehow equated this to your basketball game. <laughs> the way I basketball. That's not in high school. A strong analogy <laughs> for the listeners to understand what. Just continue on. Just just continue on. That never happened. Please continue with your process. Your process. You are masterful. Go right on. And so I have some great strategies around around that. Like the fact that you are supposed to have a zero based budget and have intention set for every penny that is flowing in your life. I mean that alone. Uh, And then I have other strategies and automation and women start to feel, you know, you feel very powerful when you get more control over your money and it's not a source of stress. So becoming a steward of your money and master. And without this, nothing matters anyway, because you can generate so much income. You can start investing and start. But if you can't manage that piece, generally you're not going to be in a net worth game very powerfully. And then the easier part, actually the hard part is that part. But the easier part, and to me, the more fun part, is getting women investing. And like, like I said, women are just something else. Once you give them the information, they start running with it, doing interesting things, buying stocks, buying Bitcoin, like, like you know. I so hear that's you, girlfriend. The, that... I hear you, girlfriend. <laughs> 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 girlfriend. <laughs> With, with the neck roll, Sean. The neck oh roll, girlfriend. Let me get the snap, the Z snap. No. You gave me, I gave you the Z snap and everything. No words. Yes. Yes. No yes. words. Yes. No yes. words. Yes. Please continue. And so I that, make it very accessible. I think for a women don't feel like investing was access, is accessible. And, you right. know, I do a fundamental foundations of investing. You feel a lot of power. Even looking at your current accounts how you talk to, if you're going to an advisor or your 401k person at your job, like you, you have the information now. So gotcha. getting the good, the fundamentals like down. I get you. I hear it. And, I got a question for you now, mm-hmm. if possible. This mm-hmm. is in dedication to Brenda, Penelope, Linda, my mom, may she rest in peace, who was a single mother, had two children, you know, and kind of used credit to help um, support us and, and help us, um, you know, live. What would you tell, how, how, what would you say to a, a single mother that's just, you know, making ends meet? How could she kind of get involved in this investment thing and trying to really think net, in a net worth mindset? What would you say to that person? So the making ends meet conversation is mm-hmm. a conversation around being a steward. Of, because, like, I have to say, it doesn't matter what you bring in. is what you do with what you break, bring in. 
and pay attention to the numbers because numbers keep you honest. And I have like worked with women who literally were just making ends meet and being responsible about being responsible about their money. And almost Mm -hmm. invariably, you know, it's been like, you know what, you need to do whatever it takes to make some like they come to the place. I need to make more money. Just plain and simply. And then what they do is they build their skills. Like the the world is just so full of opportunities. Like if you really want to do something about it, like right now, particularly, there are Mm -hmm. just so many opportunities. And they start playing with a different mindset and, you know, looking for different positions and getting different jobs, looking at different job opportunities. Because sometimes we get in the habit of playing small. Right, right. I love it. Yeah, that's it. Rather than thriving, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, something we also have to look into, everyone, right, is that we live longer. So Mm -hmm. we really do need our money to work harder for us. So Mm -hmm. the Center uh, uh, for Disease Control, they said our life expectancy as women is 81.2 years versus men who are 76.4 years old. So Mm -hmm. even that. Mm hmm. Our money needs to go longer because we're on this earth longer. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. But, you know, I think I I love what you just said, Alicia, because there is a clearly distinct mindset when you have a wealthy mindset and you have, I would call it poverty. Reverend Michael at my church calls it poverty consciousness. Mm -hmm. So when you're poverty conscious, you're just spiraling in what you don't have. Mm-hmm. You're just spiraling around and you're just stretching, stretching, stretching. And what you're really saying is get off that plane and mm-hmm. find, find your way to the next level. Absolutely. You don't have to just spiral in this, well, I'm only making $100, let's say. Yes. You can find a way to get to 125 and that yes. one, and then 150 And then when you hit that point, yeah, I get it. Absolutely. I get it. Absolutely. So that, that is the process. But one of the things you're talking a lot about, and it hasn't really been stated, a lot of this requires intense discipline. This mm-hmm. is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people make a budget and never stick to it. Most people don't even make a budget. Then they don't even stick to the budget, much less than investing the excess from the budget. You know what I mean? So it's really, it's a lot of discipline here. How do you deal with that? Or how should people deal with that? It's strategies. So I, I, come, I have strategies that takes your willpower out of it. <laughs> Making it easy, you know, when you set it up right, when you set it up right, it's not so hard. I think what makes it so hard is people are just not setting it up right. They don't have the right specialized knowledge and information. You start automating things. Okay, so one little tool I have people do after we come up with this, you know, budget inflows, outflows, and it's at uh, zero, is I have them set up. They look at all their discretionary spending, and I have them set up a discretionary spending account. So everything that's not a need, they put in a separate account and they force themselves to stick to it. You spend more right. money on your hair this month, you can't get your nails done. Too, too many Ubers, you can't get Don't your tell nails my done. wife that. <laughs> Don't tell my wife that. She'll kill me. You think I, I can go there? I can go in the next room and, and be like, hey, you got your hair done last month, no nails this month. It'll be no nails. <laughs> Saying this from the feminist that I am once again. Women, you are killing it with Uber. Relax, Jesus Murphy. They take the Uber to like corner store. Like relax with the Uber. Am I right? You are killing it with Uber. Like re- relax with Uber. And Uber eats. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I cannot believe. 
It's just creating a whole new monster. <laughs> Can I tell a funny story about Uber Eats? So a friend of mine was at my house the other day, and he wanted a coffee. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, you know what? I'm going to use this app, and they'll bring the coffee right to my house. So we live in the suburbs of L.A., so you know suburbs. West things Lake. are a little spread out. West Lake. Yeah, Thousand West Lake Island, Village. So <laughs> he um, calls, he uses this app, and he calls for a coffee. So first of all, I was like, you know you can get in your car, and it's to the, there's a drive through Starbucks just like three, four blocks away. There's suburban blocks, but it's not that far. He's like, no, they'll just bring it here. So we waited a half an hour. The coffee shows up. He paid $10 That's for this coffee. That's what I'm saying. That I people was like, are doing that now. Bro, <laughs> bro you could have gotten in your car and got that coffee for like $2, three dollars. You're paying a premium to just sit here and crazy. wait thirty minutes. Like I was like, but this is what Painful. you're talking about. How you use your money is essential. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, but I but I do love this idea of this, the discretionary account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you ha- at least you know you have that money to play with, so you don't feel like you're depriving. Absolutely. Right? So you don't feel right. like deprivation. Right. But you have yeah. to have a value and a love for money. Like my man Sean, the, the raging feminist that he's become <laughs> in the last <laughs> 30 minutes, has an intense love of money. I love it. But a lot of people don't feel that way. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't love mm-hmm. money in that sense. So they have so many issues around it that keep them from obtaining it and making more of it. Explain that to me. Explain that. And I say, people may not love money, but it's not about money. People love freedom. So right. one of the conversations I'm constantly in is independence and freedom. Right. Like that is. And so when people start to make the connection between finances and freedom, Mm-hmm. It starts to really shift their mindset and thinking and behavior. Mm-hmm. See, they talk about that in the secret. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alicia. They talk about I'll that let that idea. Going with this, so take us through your various steps in creating uh, the, that net worth mindset. Give us like three or four steps that people should actively do today. Maybe you had to okay. sum it up. So step one, step two, step so three, step four. That's what I want to hear. Step one is set up a zero based budget. Like that's just step one. Have, mm-hmm. a, have a, a target. Every penny that comes into your, your life, it should have a target for where it's going. Pay yourself first. Make sure if you are working that you are maximizing your 401k benefits that your job has. That's huge. Just that step alone could put hundreds of thousands of dollars into your net worth. Um, and then step three is... Explore investing. I Can I just say that we're in the fourth industrial revolution? And right now, at this time, are opportunities that people may not ever see mm-hmm. in this while they're alive again. Like right now. Like if you had a chance to go back to the dot-com and, you know, and invest when the Internet was, you know, uh, blowing up. If you got a mm-hmm. chance, you know, to invest in electricity or the air when that air that industry was booming, right now we're like in the midst of you can get in on some cannabis companies, huh. artificial intelligence, huh. all huh. kinds of things. 
<laughs> and, and <laughs> like at the at the very beginning. Huh? So huh? pay attention to the opportunities available. This buds right now. for you. It may not ever come up again in this life. Two shows ago, we did a show right. called "This Buds Sean's for super You." Super happy about this. And we talked about <laughs> the opportunity that's happening in the whole marijuana industry. So thank you for highlighting yeah. that. And you missed step five, Alicia. That's reach out to the lovely Alicia Holmes, and she will take you on that journey. <laughs> That's step five, people. Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's wealthywomanmagic.com. Wealthywomanmagic.com. That's step, step one yes. and step I love five. the name. Love the name. Love the name. Dion? Well, I just wanted to say, um, as I love everything that you're doing um, because, you know, 84% of women feel misunderstood by their investment, you know, advisors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they can't relate to their experience. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, what you're doing is so crucial, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of being relatable and um, making it accessible. Mm-hmm. They're saying just the vernacular alone keeps us out, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, totally makes sense. You got to get your mind right. The -hmm. ability to get rich starts in your mind. And like Alicia said, when we say love money, Sean isn't in love with money, the physical, tangible thing. He's in love with what what money can do in his life, how he can use it, the freedom that it gives him, the um, calm it brings when he knows all, all his needs are being met. That's what we're talking about. So your ideas and your thoughts and your feelings, they drive your actions. Your actions determine your results. That's what it's all about. Think rich, be rich. It's a phrase, it's an idea, but it takes discipline. So you have to do the work. And don't go anywhere because we'll be back with Alicia Holmes. We are building the wealth mindset. Matt, take us away. NickNightDirect.com is a fast, easy way to shop online. To buy an item from any U.S. website, just go to NickNightDirect.com. That's N-I-C-N-A-T Direct.com. Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your item straight to your door. I'm Sean of NickNightDirect.com and you have my word. It's two black guys with good credit. We are back and we are talking... Still with the phenomenal Alicia Holmes, wealth mindset, net worth. Get your dollars right. Get your mind right. Build net worth. Put down the Gucci pumps and buy a building. Sean, what do you got, man? <laughs> well, you kind of, you got it got me feeling bad. <laughs> I actually just took off my Rolex to answer this to ask this question now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Alicia, has it not been proven that the economic security is not just about women, it's about the prosperity of children, families, community, and the entire economy, which I think women have a strong role in, which actually a leading role in. Absolutely. So, so without being, without, without, with that being said, um, how do we measure success? Like when we talk about women's net worth and building net worth, like what, what do you think the key metrics are into measuring success? Um, so I, again, I use uh, net worth as what I measure, track and track and to gauge financial well-being. As you know, income is not a, we- a measure of uh, financial well-being. It, c- it can disappear in a moment. Whereas wealth does not disappear in a moment. Um, and so I use net worth. That's what I use for tracking and what I use for, uh, measuring. There's a, um, 
uh, in The Millionaire Next Door, which is like one of my favorite books. It was written in the end of the 90s. I read it. They have something called um, the categories under accumulators of wealth, UAW, and he like what that looks like, the mindset, the behavior, the attitudes, okay. average accumulator of wealth, and then um, prodigious accumulators of wealth. And and Prodigious, in, in okay, you have to just break that down for people at home. You can't be throwing out those $50 <laughs> words and just keep rolling. Prodigious? Prodigious? I thought you said Jesus. Prodigious. I thought we went to church. Prodigious? <laughs> I was hitting the Google dictionary as we speak. Let's not just play it off like we all clearly understood what she meant. I'm assuming the word means someone that's like an overachiever at financing, right? Someone that's really good at it. That's my assumption. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. She was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so there's a formula. You take your age, you time it by your uh, salary or income, and then you divide that by 10, and that gives you where your wealth should be. Okay. And if it's half of that, which many people are, you're under accumulated wealth. And then it talks about all of the things you're probably doing, and it's so good. Um, unfortunately, okay. I think it's about a lot of the stuff he talked about was huge in our community and right. an average. And then the prodigious accumulator of wealth are people who are surpassing that sometimes more than double and triple. Um, and what they're doing and what their mm-hmm. behavior looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I like it as a nice little guide. Over the years, people feel like it's a little outdated, but I still love the, um, um, all of the thinking behind it. And the formula right. is not too bad either. Right. The core and then wasn't there something that you No, I'm sorry to jump in Arlington. I was just going to say, no, no, but right um, uh-huh. what I thought was interesting, so we had a brief conversation around that, uh-huh. that based on what category you were, uh-huh. how that determined uh-huh. generations to come. Yes. And that's the big oh. piece about that. So if you are, if you are an under accumulator of wealth, there's almost like a 90 something percent chance that your children will be under accumulators of wealth. Because that's if all they know. That's all they see. That's, that's all, all they, they hear. Right. Absolutely. You're living above your <clears throat> means. You're really stuck with status. You know, the, like definitively, if you're an underaccumulator of wealth, mm-hmm. you place a lot of value in things that give you status. If you're a prodigious accumulator of wealth, you place a lot of value in financial freedom and independence. Right. It's a completely, it's, you know, they're opposites. Those right. two things, you know, are completely and totally opposite. And so prodigious accumulators of wealth, but they call them PAWs, P-A-Ws. PAWs, okay. almost 90% or more of their children end up being prodigious accumulators of wealth. Of wealth. So yeah. this lets you know the cycle, the generation. So in the UAWs, we have to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. We have to disrupt Disrupt it. That's the work that I'm doing. I want to disrupt cycles of thinking, understanding, narratives um, around how we're treating our money. And and it's a net worth revolution. Doing right. that by having people focus on net worth. Right. Right. No, it makes sense. Breaking cycles is so key. It is so key because there's so many issues, not only just money. There's so many different issues that we deal with as a society. And it's cyclical. Because we're just Absolutely. we're just running around the same hamster wheel, doing the same thing generation after generation. But let me ask you something: When I get on a plane, it costs me money to buy a ticket and go wherever I need to go. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming 
there's a cost for me to get on board the journey to wealth. Yes. Can you break that down for us so people yeah. are not shocked? You know, I'm actually making it very accessible with my um, fees. So right mm-hmm. now for the uh, immersion program, I have to say, like, so my rate, if you were to work with me on an hourly basis, would be in $300 an hour and upward if I had to put a, a, uh, to put a cost on it. But right. when I do the journey to wealth, I like to work with anywhere between 15 to 20 women. Right. And I literally charge $750, which is $250 a month for the three months because I want to make it very accessible, very accessible. Yeah. And now the other thing is I have a masterclass that I'm starting to offer a five hour investing where I could just drill in on the investing fundamentals that you need to know and talk to people about all of the opportunities and the ways you can get started investing. And that masterclass currently is is 199 and that's a five hour um, masterclass. These rates are not going to always stay like that, but for mm-hmm. now, I'm like really trying to make it as accessible as I possibly can. That sounds accessible to me. You know what I would mm-hmm. say to anybody listening who even thought about balking at the 250? Jordans are two hundred dollars. If you can get a pair of Jordans, you can get your finance right for two fifty. So let's not even think about arguing her price points. That's this is this is life changing stuff. Jordans aren't changing your life. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I, I think everything you have to say, Alicia, I think there has to be a re- reposition of the mindset with both men and women in order to shorten this gap. Mm-hmm. Marriage and relationships generally have to be look, looked upon as true partnerships and financial yes. input on both sides, of the, on both sides, meaning both parties must participate and fully understand a decision because if not, as you said, it's going to be that generational gap and children are, are not going to be able to learn these things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you, you do work with... Oh. Um, I, when you I take a different approach, I guess, when you're working with when, couples when in the I, same yeah, kind of arena. When I when I coach, I do work with couples, but I do believe it is. You know, it's been my experience that a lot of time. It's been my experience that a lot of time men have a real strong sensibility about being comfortable with investing and getting in the game, mm-hmm. um, and not and manage their debt actually a little better. For years, I worked at a university and I used to do workshops around getting started investing um, for the students. And invariably, the young men will come to me after they graduated or have a conversation and be like, you know, Ms. Holmes, I'm investing. Ms. Holmes, I set up this account. Like invariably, the, the young men. And right. I don't care how bright the young women were. They... There was just, there's just kind of some barriers, like to just jump into the world of investing. There was some barriers. So I'd like to get um, women more invested. And then going back to the millionaire next door, remember the difference between households that had a high net worth when there was high income um, in the household was the financial acumen, the investing acumen, the mindset of the woman in that household. So women are crucial and households, their understanding of wealth building, investing, and those things can make a huge difference. And you were saying you were teaching kids in in college, Mm -hmm. um, something you've spoken about before, just time Mm -hmm. even being more valuable than money. Mm. Um, We know Albert Einstein gave us that Mm -hmm. beautiful, you know, revelation Mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. you know, the power Mm -hmm. of compounding interest. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just going to give you an example. Mm -hmm. Um, If you invested... $10,000 at the age of 20, 
Mm-hmm. And that grew at 5%, which is pretty conservative, is. right? Mm-hmm. You'd have $70,000 by the time you were 60. Mm-hmm. So if you took that same investment, right? Mm-hmm. It would only get you 43000 if you just started 10 years later. Absolutely. And only 26000 if you started at 40. Look at that. Look at that. Those are great numbers. Question yeah. for you. Question for you, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Are, are non-feminist men like Arlington welcoming your class? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we no, going Sean, with this? I don't want to declare myself a feminist. I just live the life. I'm just asking a question. I think what we were talking about here was that you don't have to have a lot of money right. again and use time right. on, to, your to your advantage. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Dion. Yeah. As fellow feminists, we could just try to keep this high that statement. <laughs> just jump over that last comment. But Dion, it, what you're saying, it's so true. Like you, we've said it in previous shows, the goal is to invest early. But that's why you guys gotta. Why you guys are going after the young people, teaching the young people. It's, yeah. it's really important. Because of us, you know, the young men are jumping in, mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. still not jumping we're in. So right. time yeah. is already against us. Because absolutely, the same mm-hmm. college student mm-hmm. male. Mm-hmm. Diving in. Mm-hmm. We're waiting another, what, 10, 20 years. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask you a question. Overall, so where, you know, I see you're a real true visionary. What is your goal for women when it comes to finance? And if you had a dream, what would that dream look like to you? So my dream is the, to close the wealth gap and to stop it from going down. So my, my dream would mean that we will start seeing a shift in the numbers of women who are investing and building wealth. And I believe that, you know, I could believe that it could happen. You you know, planting these seeds is very, very powerful. We don't have to, you know, the projections are it's going to zero. It's at 100, it's going to zero. It's going to be negative. Even in our community, the projection is at, you know, 17,000 right now versus white Americans, 140. And it's projected by the year 2050 is going to be zero. Like, no, we don't have to be going and the negative direction. So my dream is to see a reversal of that trend. And it could happen. Definitely. So now, let's assume I've taken the program. I've examined my thoughts and feelings around issues of money. I've set up accounts. I've started auto savings and payments. I started my budget that you helped me. I am now masterful of my money. What is the next step on my journey to wealth? You know, the very interesting thing that woman after woman have said since I started running these programs in 2016, the biggest challenge is when they get back to their communities with their moms, their friends, everyone around them in their office, no one is in that conversation. And so the hardest part is staying the course. Mm -hmm. If you know, women who do my program, they look at compound interest and debt And they're like, I I don't want to be, I am not using my credit cards. I'm not doing that. They're like, I'm not. But when everyone around you is like, oh, now you cheat. Oh, when you you see your mother and your cousins Mm -hmm. and your friend, they're like, you know, banging out the credit card, you know, and taking them out. And you're trying to do something different and you're in a different conversation. It's really challenging to stay the course. Right. Um, So in the future, I'd like to create more community. Okay. Um, around, like, so that you could, like, you could stay in a conversation, stay, right. in, you know, stay in the course. You're, you're excited about all of the opportunities to invest in the market. Um, 
and then you know no one is doing it you're not right. sometimes I have morning calls and we right. just review stocks <laughs> and you're not doing any of that anymore and right. it's you know so the challenge over and over I hear is like oh my god like it's hard when you don't have a community of people in that conversation yeah that, that would make sense that would definitely make sense well mm-hmm. I have one more when my mm-hmm. three months course is over am I rich in mindset in spirit and approach to finance come on people what do you think she's giving out bags of money she's giving out knowledge <laughs> so one of the things I have to say you hit upon something so critical like this is a journey not a sprint right. anytime anyone is telling you're going to get rich quick just run the other way Yes. You know, just run. You know, with the quickness. What I'm doing mostly is planting some powerful seeds, setting a strong foundation for you to build upon. Right. Um, and it is, you know, pretty significant of a foundation to build upon. Uh, so no, you're not getting rich quick. It goes against the whole. <laughs> I'll be rich in mind and spirit. <laughs> yes. There we go. Well, there you have it. The wealth mindset is attainable. You just need to do the, do some, get involved in these programs. You need to reach out to Alicia. Alicia, hit me with the website one more time. Wealthywomanmagic.com. I like that. Wealthy Woman Magic. You need to get on that website, people. Sign up for these classes. It's a pair of Jordans, goddammit. You can do it. <laughs> I don't want any, any people say, I can't afford that. Yes, you can. If you have Jordans on your feet, you can afford the class. Um, yes, and can I just say that on April 14th, I'll be having uh, a five-hour investing masterclass for women. And it's for nice. beginners. I know the name is Masterclass, but it is everything you need to know to be in the game. The Listen, fundamentals. And, mm-hmm. I'm about to put a wig on and sneak into the back of this class. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's your name, Charlington? <laughs> <laughs> question can men come can men show up my offering in this lifetime is to financially empower women so I really my energy my effort at this point is really targeted towards working with women so I need to get a girl send her in with a tape recorder and meet her outside (laughs) that's what you're saying I didn't quite say that but (laughs) go in push play come back <laughs> All right, everybody. Alicia Holmes, we thank you so much for being a part of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. What you are doing is amazing. Thank you. We thank, thank you. you for sharing your knowledge. The wealthy mm-hmm. mindset, you got to get there. It's net income, not net. It's net worth, not net income. You got to get that straight. Mm-hmm. Sean? Hey, Alicia Holmes, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, I'm sure you, not only did you empower the feminists like myself and the non-feminists like Arlington, I'm sure right. ladies all over the world listening have been inspired by what you're doing. And I know you have upcoming seminars coming up. So please give us your handles. Let people know how to get more of Alicia Holmes. So now you can go to my website. It's wealthywomanmagic.com. There's a place currently where you can enter your email address and what you're interested in. And um, I can get back to you. I am going to have up a, a place to sign up for my next masterclass and my next, my um, programs are actually sold out right now, 
but I'll be doing some more programs in the fall, some immersion wealth building immersion programs in the fall, and I'll be doing uh, master classes over the next couple of months, um, investing master classes. And again, for now, go to wealthywomanmagic.com. I have a place where you can enter your email information, and I will send out information about my uh, workshops. And in the future, you'll be able to sign up on the website. Well, guess who's signing up? Uh, but did want to say a special, special thank you, Alicia. Um, we've become fast friends on so many levels, and I'm looking forward to our wealth journey together. Um, really, really uh, meant a lot to have you on this show. As a woman, as a black woman, um, who understands a lot of what you talked about firsthand, you know? Um, so thank you. Well, for thank taking you. This thank time. you for having mm-hmm. me, and it's been great. All right. Well, there you have it, people. It's like the Jay-Z and Beyonce concert. When the dates come available, sign up fast. (laughs) Disappointment. (laughs) Wealthywomanmagic.com. Love the name. Alicia, love you. Matt, take us away. We'll be back with more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Hello, world. It's the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. But for those who don't know, I'm also the founder of Live Your Best Life For You, Professional Services. I work with moms, women in transition that are maybe looking for a new career, new relationship, new purpose, but are feeling kind of stuck. Well, as a life and leadership coach and wardrobe stylist, we will work together to have you living your best life for you from the inside out. Hit me up at Dion, D-I-O-N-N-E, at liveyourbestlifeforyou.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We are getting it this week with Alicia Holmes. Come on, man. It's a journey to Hey, ladies. Yes, Sean dubbed the show. Hey, ladies. You know, I wasn't feeling it in the beginning, but I feel it now. Hey, ladies. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I'm feeling it. Shake it, baby. Wealthywomanmagic.com to keep the conversation running, keep your information coming. Dion, what you got? Well, ladies, I want to leave you with this. Elvest.com could not have said it best. Wait, wait, wait. Elvest said it best. Get it? That's like a financial rhyme. All <laughs> no? I said, I really did miss you. Oh, my God. You one, night, one night only. It's like J-Lo. No t- get in and get out. <laughs> You always make me feel so creative and smart. So get on your grind. (laughs) Understand what I'm saying? (laughs) He always got to turn it into a rhyme battle, Gian. He just can't let me. I know, right? And I win every time. I'm here for one night, man. You're back on the mic next week. (laughs) Well, but seriously, everybody. I mean, Elvest.com. It's actually an investment platform specifically catering to women. Um, They definitely, you know, hit the nail. And I'm going to leave you with this. Yes. You should totally ask for the raise, but investing now, that's actually where you can have a much bigger impact on your financial future than just boosting your salary by 30%. Boom. I'm dropping the mic. I feel you. And you know, as you were were saying it, I just had this picture of all these women like next Monday, just going to work and like kicking in the door to their boss's office like, I want to raise, I've worked hard, I've talked about it, I'm getting my net worth mindset on, things are going to change. That's right. I know my self-worth, I know my, I'm growing my net worth, right? Exactly. About net worth. Yes. Now give me my money. We're starting a revolution. The door, right, it's a biggie. Kick in the door. But do not wave the 4-4. <laughs> and 
don't forget, everybody, please email your questions to tbgwgc at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us your five-star review to make it easier for others to find us. Like Taylor Clay, who said, love this. I love being financially educated by people that look like me. I attended an HBCU, so I always value sage advice. These things were sage, everybody, from leaders in the African-American community. Thank you so much, Taylor Clay. We appreciate you. And that's my time. I'm Dion Nichols, the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. And I'm out. I admit it. I was skeptical in the beginning. But Alicia Holmes is speaking facts. Women, minority women, and men need to close this wealth gap because it's only going to get bigger if we do nothing about our own personal finances. So check her out. It may change your financial life. Oh, and I also think she needs to link up with Sean and his Financially Clean project. That would be amazing. They can see what they can do together, and I'm just putting it out there. And you know my motto, people, it's wants versus needs. That's what it's all about. My night in Vegas is complete. I'm out the game. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Jordan, people, don't fret, don't worry. He'll be back. <laughs> it takes me six months of convincing him, but he'll be back. The chemistry, you can't fight chemistry, people. You can't fight chemistry. He tries to fight it, but you can't fight it, Arlington. Well, well, well. I love that Bob Marley well. <laughs> Women, as I said, it's at the beginning of time to get up and get on the dance floor of financial freedom. And start having some fun. And if you need a dance instructor, I think Alicia Holmes is your best bet. I'm Sean from the better half, I can say it today, (laughs) of two black guys with good credit. (laughs) Keep your money where it belongs, people, in your damn pocket. I'm out. Hello, good people. This is Sean from Two Black Guys with Good Credit. First of all, Thank you so much for listening to our show. I truly, truly appreciate you guys listening in. Guess what? I have some exciting news for you guys. Back by popular demand is our free, free, that's right, free financial literacy series. We're back at it, we're back at it again, teaching free financial literacy. And we have partnered this time with Microsoft. Yep, Microsoft. So the first class will be at their flagship store, which is 677 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. And then commencing after that from every Tuesday, from February 12th to April 9th, that's two days before my birthday, which is April 11th, so shout me out if you want to on April 11th. No, that'd be great. We'll be teaching at The Galvanize, which is 303 Spring Street, New York, New York. I know what you're thinking. Some of you guys, unfortunately, may not be able to make it to Manhattan for all the classes, some of the classes, or none of the classes. So what we've done this time, we were able to live stream the classes. That's right, live stream the classes. So wherever, whatever part of the world you're living in, you can still get these key financial literacy classes. But all you have to do, people, is simply RSVP, because seating and space is limited. RSVP at livefinanciallyclean.com. 
livefinanciallyclean.splashthat.com. Once again, livefinanciallyclean.splashthat.com. So I'm Sean Linda once again. I hope to see you all there physically, but if you can't be there, then please tune in and listen in on the live stream. Thank you guys once again for listening to the show, and happy finance to you, and keep your money where it belongs in your damn pocket. I'm out. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.